Welcome to Through the Corporate Glass, a podcast that explores career choices. Hi everyone, I am Deepa, your host for today's episode. Working in the industry and working in academia, there are a lot of differences between the two. You may discover your desire for academic research and teaching at any point in your career, including after you begin your career in the industry. How do you make the switch and what should you know before you do? To talk about this, I have with me Shruti. Shruti N has worked in the industry for three and a half years and has been in academia for seven years now. She's currently an assistant professor in the Department of Electronics and Communications Engineering at BNMIT, Bangalore. She cares about her students and is passionate about helping them find the best in themselves. Hi, Shruti. Hi, Deepa. Thank you for joining us today. Really glad to have you with us. Thank you for having me on your show, Deepa. It's my privilege to have a conversation with you today. Oh, that's so nice of you, Shruti. Before we dive into the discussion, I wanted to talk to you about how you are doing now. See, the pandemic, it has been a year and a half now. And I would say the teaching profession and the way teachers engage with the students today, there has been a lot of change. Generally speaking, I think the pandemic has brought in a lot of changes in each one of our lives, like irrespective of our profession. And when teaching is considered, we have moved on to the online mode of teaching rather than offline. We are also looking forward to uh, blended learning. So that's how we are trying to cope up. I know it, it must have been quite a change for the students and teachers. Like we have all gone through our own adjustment challenges with it. Yes, right. Change as well as challenge. That's what I can say. <laughs> you know, looking at students today and thinking about how we were all those days back. So what were your thoughts when you were growing up? Were you always drawn towards teaching? Were you passionate about it? Back then, I was probably so fascinated by my school teachers that I started pretending to be like one, I can say. But, you know, Deepa, interests and likings keep changing. And I accept the fact that not always will our interests become our passion, right? And not does our passion become our profession. I personally had varied interests comprising sports, literary, leisure activities during my school days. I never was very enthusiastic about, say, arts or medicine and was always eyeing for engineering back then while entering my professional course. My bachelor's course in um, electronics and communication engineering actually created some quite some elementary interest in me about the electronics industry. And as most of the engineering graduates, I too align my interest pointer and uh, career plans towards the industry. However, higher studies or being an academician was never in my mind then. You bring up a really beautiful point about your passion not always becoming a profession and And sometimes it takes a lifetime to find the passion, you know, and as long as we figure out what we enjoy, I think that's the most important thing. So you started your uh, career in the corporate. So how did you find the industry experience? The corporate industry platform was my first job and I definitely cherish all my experiences. It all started with the fun-filled, excitement-packed training in the wonderful campus And in fact, I got the best of my friends right there. The team outings were always great icebreakers for us. 
as a beginner i soon realized that the learning pyramid is very challenging converting our theoretical concepts into practical implementations required additional skills and capabilities what i can say is the work while you work play while you play quote fits in very well there times of extreme hardship extended work hours crucial project deliveries can never be forgotten back then in 2008 and 9 during late work schedules the concern i had was that probably i'm not able to find ample family time however i suppose such a kind of problem has been solved now due to the pandemic crisis <laughs> <laughs> that's so true what do you think triggered your interest in teaching again what motivated you to consider moving to teaching at that point frankly speaking for me there is no such motivation for transitioning to a teaching profession in fact i moved out of the software industry due to personal reasons and priorities my personal perspective has always been that neither motivation nor inspiration is required to switch professions in fact you just need the determination to perform deliver accomplish come what may so if you are involved thoroughly in what you do we do it honestly and fearlessly that's the solution i believe in another thing i might not have been passionate about the job i am about to take up next but once i am into it i stretch the possible boundaries to develop the passion to perform that's what it's all about one thing is yes you can always switch but it's a altogether another ball game if you have to go through the interviews it's not that today i can quit and tomorrow i start teaching there's a ton of uh, stuff to prepare how did you go about it the academic field offers multifaceted opportunities so i can say one can be part of the teaching faculty be it technical or non technical we do have many industry resources who train our students in respective skill sets in order to bridge the gap between the industry and academia in fact the domain experts who conduct workshops and trainings for our students act as facilitators that means their formal qualification would not matter much as far as they are the masters of their relative skill set however if uh, one is looking for a permanent position as a teacher a professor formal higher education is definitely mandatory way back in 2009 that's when i joined an engineering college as a lecturer the minimum qualification which was required was a masters degree so the teaching sphere did not very much work with email based communication then so candidates would prefer personally handing over their resumes so if our resume gets shortlisted we would have to present a demonstration class on any one of the technical topics followed by a technical interview since i had my bachelor's degree in electronics and communication engineering masters in digital electronics and communication i was recruited by the department of ece but today with changing times all of us are required to pursue a doctorate degree the phd in your resume is what they are looking for so any one of you looking out for this profession they need to focus on these qualifications yes qualification matters however only a dedicated teacher compassionate counselor and a dedicated researcher can survive here in the long run that's what i have analyzed i knew about the qualities required in academia your hold on the subject strong fundamentals self confidence communication skills empathy patience adaptability innovative teaching methodologies 
and the list goes on and on. It's not that I had all these qualities right on the first day when I changed my job. It takes time for all these qualities to get layered one on top of the other to build the new you. That's what I feel. True. See, when you decided to switch, you had to pursue a post-graduation too, right? How did that go? Yes. When I was in the industry, I basically had my BE degree with me. The master's compulsory then, but it, they were not very serious about though. They probably they just had rules like, okay, if you are able to give a very good performance in the interview, in spite of your BE degree, they were recruiting you. But later on, maybe around two years of me joining into that field, then it was mandatory. Like you, you had to complete your master's by then. Okay, okay. So you would have gone back to do your master's then yeah, at definitely. that point. It was something like I went back to being a student sitting in the classroom. Got it. Yeah, that would have been quite an experience, right? Going back to be a student. Yeah, it was a roller coaster only. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of difference between uh, working in the industry and working in academia you went as a professor so what were some of the differences that stood out for you in terms of the work setting the culture and people yeah academia believes in a blended teaching learning process and predominantly the offline system especially wherein there's a very strong interaction between the teacher and the student so the teacher many a times is able to introspect the body language of a student and accordingly modulate the teaching pattern and content in the classroom. This is how it has to happen. The expectations in the teaching profession include effective communication, strong fundamentals of your subject, research contributions. This is a new thing and it has to be taken very seriously in this profession. Technical paper publications in reputed journals and conferences, creativity, your ability to motivate and mentor your students. All these are part of this particular profession, teaching. A passionate teacher will be content with a very good class she has just taken now, proud of her students' accomplishments and learns along with her students. Teachers will agree if I say that we are growing younger and younger day by day because we are always amidst young, vibrant, inquisitive minds, right? But when I see the corporate world, the corporate world has a vibrant, colorful working atmosphere. The typical MNC life, the social life, the infrastructure, monetary and insurance benefits the employees receive are very appreciable. But Maybe not all of us can steer through the critical project deliveries, hectic work timings, and maybe health deteriorating work environments. That's what I saw as a difference. And, you know, when you made the switch, was there anything like, oh my God, I didn't know I had to do this too? No, I was very clear about the expectations in the second job, I can say. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I do a lot of homework before I just switch my jobs. That's very essential for all of us, right? right? So I know what is expected from me and I'm ready to give it. So that's how it has worked. There's nothing like, a, oh, oh, is it that I have to do this also or no? <laughs> I have been in the journey, so I didn't find anything like that. So talk to us a bit of how you did the homework. I think we all struggle with that in the sense... I know there's a lot of online material you can find out or talk to people. So when you wanted to see how this space would be, so how did you go about trying to figure that out? One thing is I tried to speak to people to get to know how exactly the system works in this field because it's entirely different. 
the way they recruit people, the working environment is different, the culture is different, the way people interact is different, everything is different. So initially, I just um, spoke to uh, two to three of my uh, friends who are aware of what ha happens there. And uh, in fact, I had my own family members who were part of this kind of an environment. So I had suitable suggestions which were given to me and options. That was also a very good career op option then. So I saw some positive things right there and I moved in. After all the base or groundwork and other information from all kinds of people, I normally use the internet efficiently and effectively. So I've got considerable information like what are the colleges which are nearby because it's more about the travel time also right mm. uh, we need to see like uh, how fast can you get to your college come back home at the right time so i used to just browse for all the nearby colleges well in the uh, vicinity something like a maximum i can travel just within 10 kilometers or so yeah. that kind of a survey first i had to do then along with that there is nothing like you can have email based communication and this is what happened years ago but now it is more uh, advanced so we can always apply online all that is there we had to move around all the shortlisted colleges to hand over our resumes to the hod's the head of the departments and that's very important because um, just handing over your resumes to the main office wouldn't probably work so that's how it all started um, gradually i just started picking up uh, what exactly is expected, anything more I should do from my end. Initially, there is not a lot of uh, preparation though, because once you are from the corporate and the industry, your communication skills, your content delivery, your body language cannot be doubted at all. That means you're ready with all those skills. The only thing we have to brush up is our fundamental knowledge, our subject knowledge. Normally what happens, we uh, pursue a degree probably in electronics and communication engineering. For instance, I was working on Java. So now it was time for me to brush up my concepts from my home code branch. So that was the only challenge I faced. Once you get into teaching too, there is always the need to help your students stay updated with the industry, right? You, you always try to see how to bridge the gap between the two. So talk us through some of the approaches that's happening there or now that you have had the corporate experience and you go back and look at students how do you try to bring in your experience there one of the challenges our students face is bridging the gap between the academia and the industry the problem has not found a hundred percent solution yet because there is a lot of difference between what they are taught theoretically in the classrooms and what they deliver in the industry. So what we are trying to do uh, right now is a change in curriculum. This can be done only when we are uh, a deemed university or autonomous university because we have the right to exercise our own curriculum. We can bring in the changes, we can bring in uh, more of our practical concepts, our lab portions, whatever we can test, implement, such things can be brought into the curriculum. But if you are just under a normal university, probably you cannot incorporate those things. Apart from that, our industry experience definitely helps students to just nurture their qualities which are already existing. Students are one step ahead of what we actually think. 
they are ready for more challenges that's what i can say so just a bit of a spark they will definitely move ahead in a better way so additionally even students are given training uh, training in uh, the sense they are giving some communication skills based training it can be any technical training how they have to behave and adopt and try to um, unlearn and relearn in the industry such kind of a, a training is definitely provided to all the students so this should help that's nice you know when when we started working there would be times when we was oh when i was studying maybe i should have done this or maybe i should have done that it would have helped me so do you see that with students today and how do you help them i know apart from the trainings are there things that you you would tell them even if they didn't realize one thing what we do is mentoring when i say mentoring we are not speaking mostly about the subject because it's more uh, moreover when somebody speaks about the subject it get, tends to get boring for most of the students we have to try to motivate the students to learn better so the only thing which personally i try to tell my students is build the self confidence in yourself your technical skills your communication skills your interpersonal skills all that can be nurtured that they can be polished but you should have that self confidence so to bring in the self confidence in them we normally start the start all those things from the class level the grassroots level so in the class they are given opportunities to come up and speak about something what they like share their ideas they are allowed to just give some presentations all such kinds of activities which we conduct normally try to boost the self confidence of the students that's a major advantage for the students there is a ton of information out there which is outside the textbook syllabus curriculum and all of that so how do you see the questions that come from students because I, they would be reading a ton of stuff outside too right and they might be engaging with you in conversations have questions about how some things work so how has that experience been we have had such experiences in the classroom outside the classrooms in our staffs room and uh, staff rooms and all see a teacher needs to be extremely good with his or her subject fundamentals without this they cannot give the right answer to the student that's very important see the teacher is always required to provide some legitimate answers to the students questions in fact right away whether it's the classroom or the staff room when they approach you the time is just ticking there must be a quick response and people are just waiting for your answer so confidence with which the teacher is going to deliver the content will actually highlight the strength of the teacher so what i feel is the teacher with a very strong subject fundamental and understanding about the subject will never have a problem handling any of the questions from the student today the entire world is about digital media or digital information your basic dictionary becomes google itself the students in earlier days we were relying on on the teachers information or from the textbooks what were available in the library today we have the digital library available we have google for everything so what is that the students can get from the teacher should be something different from google it mm. is very important and when it comes to their questions their questions will be definitely out of the box they are not going to ask us can you please explain this particular topic in this page in this <laughs> that is no more a kind of doubt our students are having in this generation 
that is one difference and we need to wake up and we need to understand where they where the students already stand so there is a lot of difference when we address their concerns so that becomes really challenging but if you have the subject knowledge and uh, have a bit of compassion towards the students you are able to definitely convince them with your answer so that should help for you to be so prepared and talking well to the students there's a ton of reading that you yourself have to do yes, i'm yes. sure you must be reading a lot so how do you keep up you spend a lot of time studying you're doing your phd also so how do you manage is this has been a challenge for every teacher i would say in especially at the initial stage of your career there is a lot to deliver there is a lot of preparation required we have spent hours together for preparation in fact when you are taking an hours class you would probably have to go in the ratio of 1 is to 3 because a perfect preparation can be done when you are going to spend lot of time you need to see uh, like what is going to happen if i say this if what will happen if i am going to say the same point in a different way is there something i am missing is there some reaction from the student when i'm saying this all these a student a teacher has to think and this becomes extremely challenging for us and moreover when you speak generally about this profession teaching it requires a multitasker in the real sense you have to be a multitasker it's not only about the preparation we put in see normally at the corporate workstation the employee works to the deadline stays and operates alongside his team he can sit for hours right working on the designated project task without being disturbed apart from his team meetings and calls but on the contrary a teacher has to take classes for different subjects attend department college level meetings coordinate for other activities mentoring counseling students guiding the students with technical projects communicating the student progress to the parents research related tasks publications mous consultancies all this becomes huge task so we literally have to be multitaskers at this job that's what i said it's not the same profession as it was maybe 10 years ago there are a lot of demands and requirements for this particular profession so we need to see whether we are now going to fit in there so it becomes a, a quite challenging question mark so there's lot of things as preparation that goes into it there's lot of things that goes into the entire profession as a whole so we need to think about it true and you mentioned this you interact with the students parents too they must be asking you a ton of questions about <laughs> their children yeah officially we are supposed to convey the progress of the student in that particular semester probably after the first test second test that's how it works so the purpose is the uh, parents are aware of what exactly uh, their ward is doing in the college how they are performing are they up to the mark are they attending the classes so it becomes extremely important for us to communicate because we need to first be sure that the student is attending the classes he is getting benefited from the course on the other side our other stakeholder is the parent itself so we need to ensure that there is very good communication between ourselves and the parents so that's why we do all that so if there is anything lacking or we need to help the student in some uh, domain or some area where he needs to improve 
that we can communicate to the parents that becomes extremely important communication with the parent is uh, something which we cannot avoid at all true true but i guess it would be challenging to do you get asked a lot of questions by the parents themselves yeah they have their own personal concerns they are worried i can say even as a parent i would also be asking some questions to, similar to that so they keep asking uh, may, basically they speak about placement that's uh-huh. what is the major concern or the set of questions that we face uh, so they are just looking for a good job for their ward at the end of the course when they complete so that's a common question they have that is with respect to placement other things are morely selective questions when i say selective not all the parents come over to meet us we actually uh, invite all the parents to come over and meet us for any purpose for that matter but there are few parents who probably due to their own work schedules they are not able to make it so out of them there are few parents who come out of uh, a real purpose to ask few questions because they actually want few answers so it can be on emotional grounds the way the student is uh, behaving or some help maybe apart from placement and how they are performing academically is there something which has to be done from their end they ask our suggestions also so that's that's the way it works when it comes to the way we deliver the teaching content gone are those old ways of uh, delivering content so what are some of the things that you see are helping the students when you teach them yeah this term innovative teaching methodologies it existed before also because i have used many of the techniques in my previous colleges years ago also but it has gained special highlight only post the pandemic because there's a lot of things like online classes you need to think out of the box innovative ways to deliver your content so there are no students in front of you you need to take the class but there's nobody in front of you <laughs> so it is it becomes very challenging uh, to sit in front of a pc and deliver the content at the same way the way you were doing it in an offline class and normally uh, in almost all colleges we do have the training sessions how to incorporate uh, innovative teaching methodologies in our particular profession which can make teaching more interesting and in fact uh, the current institution in which i am working also is helping a lot on how to build such skills we might be innovative but it's not that each teacher is innovative so it depends on every individual and subject to training we have also picked up new different tools or different methods which we can uh, use for teaching few of, few of them it can be simple quizzing tools or it can be something like you're going to present a particular topic by means of a role play so the idea is you are trying to make students understand the concept they are learning the concept in a different way they are doing so seeing something practically they are trying to test their own skills whether they are able to understand or do they have any concerns in whatever their teacher has delivered so this kind of a methodology when the student is experiencing in the classroom definitely it, it it's no more one way the teacher is not teaching and they are listening it's more of a two way communication and effective communication so a lot of uh, methods are being brought in into the teaching field because it's very challenging to keep the student engaged 
you can no more keep them engaged in the classroom just by going on delivering whatever you want one day <laughs> is not at all acceptable now if somebody were to come and tell you i'm looking to become you know a professor or get into the teaching line what would be your advice to them see neither can two professions ever be the same nor can you operate the same way in both the professions so everyone has the right to prioritize their needs whether it's based on money time health stress control so i'll just put it as bullets if you are looking for high pay scales please stay back if you are a multitasker and you're strong in your subject fundamentals come over if you are an excellent programmer who is inadvertent about interpersonal skills you can stay back you are fine there if you can connect to students communicate the right content in the right way understand the role of your stakeholders effectively you are welcome to the teaching field see changing professions is just like change in plans these days the only constant in life is change right so always be ready for a change irrespective of your passion that's what i would say a sense of passion belongingness automatically will enter into your new profession you need not worry about it for a long time many a times in fact even without you even realizing that a strong passion has eventually developed in you for your new profession that's the case you don't even realize that you're developing that passion maybe for the new job at the end of the day multiple professions etch out a beautiful career masterpiece right so let us just appreciate the new beginning maybe with a smile and accept with sense of belongingness that's very important that was lovely thank you so much for talking to us today thank you for listening to our podcast if you enjoyed our episode do subscribe to the podcast and check out our show notes which provide more information on the topics discussed during the episode please follow us on linkedin at through the corporate glass and on twitter at corporate glass and share your thoughts we'd love to hear from you you can also check out our website through the corporate glass.com 